I mean, look, even Nicholas just said like a hundred times, Tiger's the best that I've ever seen. Would you all just leave me alone? <laughs> Stop trying to Let me up. suffer. Like, I just want to be miserable. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. We'll take a look back at the Players' Championship from this past weekend at TPC Sawgrass. Scotty Scheffler with a dominant five-shot win, really turning on the Jets as he turned into the clubhouse in the back nine, going four or five under around the turn. We had some really good storylines with Min Woo Lee and T-Rell Hatton shooting a 29 on the back nine on Sunday. Tom Hoagie breaking the course record. We'll talk more about Sawgrass and what we like this week. Then we'll turn our attention to the Valspar Championship this week at Innisbrook Golf and Resort, a course famously known by its three-hole finishing stretch, the Snake Pit. We had Sam Burns win this thing in back-to-back years, looking to make it a three-peat. We'll talk a little bit more about the course and then the players we're looking out for this week. And then we'll wrap things up with some non-tour talk. We'll talk about our round at Glade Valley this past weekend. The course was in pretty good shape for 38 bucks in the winter at 10 a.m. You really can't beat it. We had some decent weather, a little chilly, but we managed to make a good round out of it. We'll talk about Colin and Tully's new golf shoes for the upcoming season, and then we'll get into a little March Madness talk. Thanks, everyone, for being here. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod and check out our Facebook, the Big Players Only Podcast Facebook page, new posts for Kurt Kitayama and Scotty Scheffler on his meteoric run this past few months. Thanks everyone for being here. We hope you enjoy the episode. All right, we got a busy episode tonight. We got lots to talk about, but let's start with the Players Championship from TPC Sawgrass this last weekend. Scotty Scheffler, five-shot win, pulls away on the second nine. I think he had a one-shot lead going into hole number eight. Birdies five in a row, and it's just over. I mean, you had Mint Wu, T-Roll comes in the house. He shoots, what, seven under, eight, post seven under, thinking 12 under might be in contention. Scotty wins by five. How did you guys think about the course this week and uh, any favorite moments? It did seem interesting because Scotty had, what, a, a two-shot lead coming into Sunday? And then Minwoo birdies one, Scotty a little nervy par, and then he had a case of the pools. I think he hit a lot of bad shots on two, three, four, and it'd be really interesting to know if Minwoo doesn't dunk a ball in the water on four, like what happens? Does Scotty continue to really struggle and fight his swing? Because suddenly he went from being tied for the lead to having, what, a three, four shot lead in the matter of 10 minutes. And then obviously he settles in quite nicely and just turn goes on a par run and then just starts pouring in birdies from everywhere. But it, it kind of seemed like it, it was at a tipping point there for a little bit that Minwoo might take advantage, but never happened. Part of me thinks Scotty might be just unflappable at this point. When he's in contention, like you know, if he's going in and he's in the final group, it seems like he always just manages to win. Like he, he always will ride the ship. I mean, I think even against you know Cam Smith for a second – you know, I think he, he, he'll miss a shot wide and then he just chips it in or chips it real close like after he makes a mistake. Yeah, you're, I, you're right. He I always we saw the same to, thing at the Masters, a, a rough start, 
brought Cam back into the tournament and then just chips in. And it's like, okay, this yeah, is yeah. So it kind of feels like it's just one of those things where Scotty's if he's in that position, he's just gonna you know close that door. He's gonna win the tournament if he's in that final group. But and no it, one really challenged him though. It, it, you know? You're right, but it just kind of even. It's just it's almost like disappointing to me now when you you, you see the final pairing, you see it going into the day. As great as the leaderboard was, it's like, oh, Scotty's there, eh, it's over kind of thing is almost where my mindset was, which is a little as I really enjoyed it. I thought this was the most watchable and like enjoyable tournament to pay attention to thus far in twenty twenty three. But then the final round was a little bit like, ah shit, you know, Scotty just rattles off five straight birdies and it's like, well, all right, I guess we're just going to hope maybe he dunks it in the water seven times on 17, and we'll see what happens. I will say for a guy who had that big of a lead, he kept his foot on the gas. Yeah. I mean, he was hitting driver every hole. He was not out there playing not to lose. He was out there. He's like, I'm just going to keep making birdies. And that's kind of what I mean. Like, it didn't change his so mindset. He's just it, like, All right. it made it at least more watchable because of that because it's like oh my god he's hitting driver on this all and then he pipes it right down the middle makes another easy birdie and you gotta remember dub he's a professional golfer not you spraying it left and right when you played soccer (laughs) yeah i think it is like after the round press conference he said that after on the eighth or ninth hole i think ninth fairway maybe he turned to ted his caddy and said what do we do here do we just keep playing do we like shift our approach and kind of play the course or do we keep the foot on the pedal and his caddy said just Play your game, keep the foot on the pedal, and that's when he rattled off those four birdies in a row. The announcers kept saying, like, this generation doesn't lay up. Like, they they kept saying, like, lay up, lay up, and he just kept piping it right down the middle every time, which is, I think, you know, you see guys fall because they don't play aggressive. I think it was the right move. Going back to Tully's point, I think especially this week, Scotty just, he was, like, the only one that outlasted the course. Like, everyone else who seemed like they were going to make a run at him, Homa was, like, a couple, like, really far ahead of him but ended up collapsing on 17, I think, making a run. Tiro got in the house but had to make like a miraculous birdie on the 18th to like get there and even post a score that could maybe contend with him. Min Wu was blowing up, but Scotty just kind of played his game and just does what he always does in the final round, just didn't really make that many mistakes. And of course, that where like the big number, they always say the big number lurks around every turn, quote unquote, but um, it seemed to really get to a lot of the chasers this week on Sunday. Has Scotty been having the problem recently where he's been yanking it left like he has been? It seemed like what is he spent that little extra time on the range trying to get rid of that, and then we saw it early in the round of round four. Has that been a thing the last couple of tournaments that he's been dealing with, or is this is this more new just to the players? I think that's just big tournaments, Scotty. I think that's the same miss we were seeing at the Masters last year when he was coming out in that final round. And then had to like, like I said, kind of right the ship and manage to do so. Could that end up being his downfall? Does he does Scotty develop the yips where he, he can't quite figure this out? It seems like it's a recurrence. I don't know, seemingly not. He yeah. does it and then he just it, wins the big I, tournament, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's the it's the one way miss. That's like that's like always when the guys are playing the best. When DJ was having his run a few years ago, DJ never missed it left. I know it's different for Scotty, but DJ never missed the ball left, so he could aim up the left side of the fairway all day with the left side of the green all day and know that he's never going to miss it left for Scotty. He knows that he's really never going to hit that weak right flare, which can often, when windy conditions, put get you in a lot of trouble. You know, I will say there were, what, I think it was something like three to four million viewers of the players on Sunday, which is pretty good numbers for the PGA Tour. I saw a tweet where someone said, that's like 88 million in live numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I had to share that. I feel bad for um, Min Woo Lee because, like, if he finished top four or five, he would have got, gotten his, like, um, exemption, right? Yeah. His tour card. So, like, he really, like, let that ball in the water get to him because I think he was I think Scotty was at 13 under and he was at 10 under and after that it was pretty much over yeah but I do think like this that finish will still get him into 
more and more PGA Tour events, even though it, it doesn't give him that like major exemption. I think he was now in that situation where like that finish, he, he already had like I think partial status on the tour. Yeah. I think that will then solidify him his, he's getting an invite or getting asked to come to more events. But that's like something I was following the whole day because like, it's just what Liv doesn't have. It's like the, you know, that's just one of the things we've been talking about is the idea of like a sub kind of um, context of the whole tournament is this, can this guy actually make it and kind of rooting for him all day. But then it turned to be a little depressing at the end. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like another layer to root for when, cause I was trying to find things to root for because Scotty was up by so much basically. I think by like the 14th or 15th hole, you actually couldn't bet on anyone else to win. It was all top yeah. fives on DraftKings, <laughs> which was funny. Yeah. It was fun watching Minwoo because he, he brings the juice. I mean, he's a young personality. We saw him on 17, I think, on Saturday when he was kind of like pre-celebrating a putt and it didn't go in. And, you know, he plays with a lot of emotion, which is, you know, something that I think we kind of criticize Scotty for a little bit of why he's not big, a bigger name in pop culture is because he's, plain just, shirts. he's just out there, That's yeah, playing in his plain Nike white polos. Colin, what do you think? Blue. That's what he does. Yeah. I, I, I kind of put these in our in our show notes, but, like, I don't know why, but I just – don't really root for Scotty. Like I should be rooting for Scotty. He's like a down to earth guy. He's Team USA. He's 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 such a solid golfer. He plays an exciting game. Like seeing all the chip ins, I should like that. But like every Sunday, I just don't find myself rooting for Scotty. I don't know what it is. I just don't really think he has that personality that I really like look for to root for in a golfer. He's very much so just like right in the middle of any personality group. Like he's not he's not the villain. He's not the hero. He's just like I'm here. He just won playing golf. He just won four four point three million dollars or whatever it was, and they asked him how he was going <laughs> to celebrate, and he was like, "Well, I guess I'll just go home and eat my grandma's dessert, whatever she's <laughs> making." I'm like, that's not what we want to hear. I bet it was Sounds good. Pretty good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're a hater. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, I think Scotty possesses some Jordan Spieth traits in the fact that when you're watching him on a Sunday, oh, no, please God, no. you sort of feel like things could go anywhere. Even though he seems to play very consistently and puts a score together, he definitely hits some shots that are Jordan Spieth esque, where they're pulled by 20 yards, but that's because he knows water's right and he trusts his short game. I think that's why I like watching Scotty. I saw a tweet where someone was talking about, this is probably like a 40, 50-year-old guy saying he grew up in like the Faldo era where it was all about like play golf without your shoes and swing within yourself. And he said, I hope we never go back to an era like that where we teach what is natural about a guy out of him because Scotty's happy feet is certainly not what you would teach a player, but watching him do it and swing the club his way, I think is really exciting to watch. Well, and, and yeah, you said it. It's not like he's a, a robotic golfer out there where he's just fairways and greens. I mean, he's it, his game is exciting because he's got that, you know, feet shuffling all around. He gets himself into trouble, hits some amazing shots. So his game is exciting to watch. It's just not him. Listening to him talk afterwards is just not. Yeah. Like, what if he was wearing, like, Victor Hovland kind of uh, scripting for the week where he's, <laughs> uh, you know, generating worse. some buzz with what he's wearing. Like, he's got to get to the lanes for bowling league more, after. Yeah. It's European fashion. <laughs> I heard Vic I heard Vic was supposed to wear green pants with that shirt on Sunday. <laughs> and he, that's where he drew the line. Colin Workout. That's the next episode to yeah. Vic talking about. Oh, I'm not wearing that. I'm not. Yeah, Jay Limbert, they do like a lot of like solid block colors. Like it's just like three tones of green. There's no like patterning. It's just big blocks of colors. And like a JL. It's a way different look. Some weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way they try to integrate the JL is usually what turns me away. I don't mind the color schemes. I like the big lines of color, but then they always try to like make the line turn into the J. <laughs> it's like, just do the stripe, bud. <laughs> now, not to get away from the fashion segment, but before we, before we <laughs> leave Scotty and all of his, his performance, how 
underwhelming was that big three group when it, when it all boils yeah. down to it. Like, I mean, Rom didn't make the cut. Rory didn't make the cut. We have one, two, three. Yeah, Rom withdraws, which I Doesn't assume make with the cut. You know, he's got to shit his brains out and scripted to wear white pants <laughs> kind of thing. Christ. And then we've got Scotty just kind of runs away with it, and then Rory shits the bed as well in a different sense. <laughs> and it's just they like, both didn't make the cut. I just want to make that clear. But, I mean, at least Rom was one under and then, then decided Didn't make to the cut. But it's just like that. That was gonna. That should have been so good. And it's just like Scotty all of a sudden is just runs away with only like outlast the course and the other top three golfers in the world. Well, at one point we had like what seven guys at ten under, and Collins in a text. He was like, "This would be so awesome if Scotty wasn't like five strokes up." <laughs> so <laughs> true. Sometimes you know it brings to thought for me though that this leaderboard included a lot of guys that wouldn't have been in a designated event or an elevated event. They wouldn't have been in the top 70, 78. And even though Scotty went away to quite a commanding win, guys like Minwoo, and I know T. Rowe will probably be in there, but Tom Hoagie might not have, Cam Davis might not have, Min, you know, David Lingmurth, Justin Rose. These are guys that are just, you know, they're fun to watch. And especially on a course that's really iconic, the players itself doesn't need the good players, the good actual PGA Tour players to be the event, to be an iconic event. They just need the course, right? So I think taking away the extra 70 golfers here is actually going to lose a little bit of its of its stick. It, yeah, I mean, throughout the whole weekend, even even Thursday, Friday, it was, it was a no-name leaderboard. You'd have one name up there, and then it's pretty crazy to look back at the end on Sunday, and it's Scheffler, Hatton, Victor Hovland, Hoagie, who's probably – top three iron player in the world right now. I mean, the way he's hitting the ball. And then you got Matsuyama, Sungjae. I mean, it's it ended up being the top guys kind of rose to the top on Sunday. Hoagie, that's a good example we were talking about a couple weeks ago where um, a guy can make a run on Saturday and Sunday if there's no cut. Like, he he pretty much scored all of his – I mean, he almost hit the course record on he Saturday. He did hit the course, he broke, yeah. the course yeah. record. Right? Broke the course record by Colt Nose is very upset. Any, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that <laughs> clip of him, like, watching it. Yeah. <sighs> What was he four over on six. Thursday? Six over. Yeah, he yeah, would have. He really, up. really. He would have been in, in the conversation with with Scheffler. Would've also, notably, my long shot pick of the week. Just wanted to put that out there. I liked his nope. comments <laughs> after one of his rounds. Okay. He was he was complaining about there was way too much healthy food in the clubhouse, <laughs> and there was no way to get some you know favorite good golfer home cooking in in there. So you know he wasn't nearly playing as sharp as he normally is. Maybe that's why he struggled off the bat. He, he didn't have. He had to go out after he get left some the food course. delivered. Yeah. The XBs. So, what do you guys think about seventeen? I loved it. We got two hole in ones. We got plenty of carnage of people three going hole three hole in ones. Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of played pretty easy this week. You know, base to par. There weren't a ton of water balls. I don't know the Sunday wind. There was at the what? end. There was like seven oh, or eight yeah. out of twelve. That's that pin. Game. That yeah. pin. But I would say early in the week, it definitely didn't have a lot of carnage. Uh, ask Ask Ramey about the carnage. There was a uh, There was a stretch, and I think it's when Ramey was going through there, where the wind was up, mm-hmm. and it was like every group there were like two balls in the water, and yeah. it was like, man, this is just brutal. I saw Higo flush one and easily <laughs> went over by the oh, green the by ten yards. Higo mentioned. Yeah, that was unreal. Did you see the hole before that? <laughs> no. He carried the green in the water, so he had two back to back approach shots oh that carried the target by forty yards. Dub, how about your guy Taylor Montgomery dunking one on sixteen <laughs> and seventeen? I think. The money added up. He lost like over a million dollars on those two. He holes. was slated for a million and ended up with like seventy. Well, and that's what that's what's amazing on Sunday too. Like, yeah, the the dramatics of who was going to win wasn't there, but everybody who went through seventeen in those last groups either made a lot of money and we're talking like a million dollars or lost a million dollars just mm. by the shots they hit there. Yeah, Taylor Montgomery. I think he he kept one up and then chipped that into the water and then had to drop. And yeah, it's. 
how'd you, how'd you look at it differently having played it like <clears throat> when you were watching the tournament? Uh, I mean, just I think we said it a lot about pine needles last year with the the like just being able to see on TV cool. a course you've played and be able to reminisce like as they're playing it, like obviously a much different extent, but it was like wow, like I remember hitting that shot or I remember being in that spot, and it just made this so much more enjoyable to watch on on television having played it. So I think it was the first day you were like, yeah, this was exactly where the the ten was on seventeen <laughs> yeah. when I played yeah. it, and I went in the water. What were the conditions like when you played it? Was it as windy like it was for these guys? Or? Oh, it was it was really windy. So like it was probably fifteen twenty mile an hour winds, and so it was a, a crosswind on seventeen and sixteen playing those and. Definitely makes it a lot more challenging for sure. So it was sixteen downwind or into the wind? Uh, it was wind off the pond on sixteen. Oh, off the right, okay. So I think Ken brought this up in the, in the group chat. What? You know, we were comparing. Oh, what yeah. would you rather play if you were you're in the tournament? Kind of thing. Would you rather play seventeen at Sawgrass at the players, or would you rather be playing sixteen at the Waste Management? You know, probably the two biggest like environments, you know, par three wise that we see on tour. What What do the guys think? Well, since I asked the question, I, I'll I, answer first. <laughs> Fine. No, I would say that's what you're going to say. Go ahead. Well, I sent that text in the mindset of I, I think this hole on 17 is like far superior. I, I feel like it was, it's so much more, it'd be so much more fun just to watch the ball dunk in the water every time. I know the atmosphere is rowdier on at waste management, but like it'd just be fun to see the ball hit the water. I don't, for like five straight hours, I would love to do this. But I think it's like 16 at Scottsdale. You take those grandstands away, it's just another yeah, old like boring par three. Yeah. It's not, not challenging. Anything like that, where seventeen, like you don't need grandstands. You just take the water electric. away. It's yeah. just an easy par three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think you need to combine the two. Put some yeah. water at the waste management, and yeah. then when people are dunking, it's like it a beer. It's Arizona. What do you mean? Put water. Um, in like, water like, like, you can figure it out. It's twenty twenty three. Use the beer. That'd, that'd be a power thing. move, dude. Oh yeah, beer pond or yeah, just green. beer fountains coming out of it. You know, the one thing I like about seventeen more than sixteen, I don't think it's as much of a runaway as as others might think. But I like the variance that 17 at Sawgrass presents. Not for the high side. It's a much more birdieable hole. The 16th at Waste Management, it plays like 180 yards in the firm greens on Sunday. There's really not that many birdies coming down the stretch. We saw Scotty miss the green. We saw Nick Taylor miss the green, both having par putts outside of 10 feet. The 17th at Sawgrass, we've seen Ricky stuff it in there, Cam stuff it in there, guys in contention down the stretch make really good birdies there. I think that one thing about 17 at Sawgrass that a lot of people, unless well, you're a pretty avid golf fan, don't realize is the amount of slope in that green, just the yeah. where they put the pins, and there's like traditional pins that they'll put, like the Sunday pin is where they always have it, but where they put the pin on that hole makes it a completely different shot because of, of the slopes on that green. Like if you hit it in one spot, you're going to get it to roll down like back towards the hole on the Sunday pin. It's to the right and down towards the hole. Uh, on the back when they put it on the back portion it's like one but you can hit it like a foot too long it'll bounce and go over into yeah. the water like it's it's a completely different shot completely different thoughts when you're on the tee there depending on where they're putting the pin it's almost everyone was going long on sunday only like one guy went short i forget who it was well i think the greens played extremely firm it at like saw bounced it off that, yeah. that you know even though scotty shoots 17 under which is probably pretty average for the tournament Everyone else was, you know, 12 under was the next best score. Scotty made that course look pretty easy, but we saw when Ramey hit that ball in the water when the pin was back middle left. Oh, that was tough right? to watch. He hits that ball probably five feet short of pin high, and it jumps 20 feet and doesn't spin at all and keeps rolling in. It was nuts. Can I add one more thing on the players? Do it. I really like Do Ben it. Griffin. Yeah, he's a good kid. Uh, some people said he was going to be rookie of the year. Yeah. Resiliency. 
I the the um well, schoolboy Q also likes him. The thing where he had Air, <laughs> AirPods in was really cool to me. I don't know if you guys yeah, like just him walking down and talking. I, I they should just do way more of that. I was like really engaged with that. His yeah, moment was Ricky, really good. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah his yeah, moment was, was good that? because it was the par five Saturday Friday? par five. I don't, I don't know else. the other par five on the back nine. That's not sixteen. Eleven. Eleven. And he's yeah. got you know two seventy five out of the right rough, What's but he's got goal? a good lie. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do here, but but he says, but you only live once, or I'm only you know you only <laughs> yeah. play the players for the first time once. So he goes for it. And it's a great shot. It was really cool. And then he jarred one from the bunker on Sunday. Uh, on that the was 17, electric. Which is like, <laughs> it made me like root for him. I was like, oh, nice. That was cool. Do you think they like, those are their AirPods or they just like giving them AirPods? Well, how's that working? Some producer just, just like, they're just handing him some random AirPods kind of thing. Yeah, your wax all over. They clean them yeah, yeah, yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. For doing all the audio visual, visual stuff for like the pod and on the course. I still think that's super risky that they do like the Bluetooth with the AirPods and I don't know what it's connected to, but they never lose connection. It's like, it's pretty cool. All right, let's jump into this week. We got the Valspar down in Innisbrook, the snake pit, right? That pretty iconic course. We luckily, although we saw with the Honda classic, like a really terrible field in between these big events, we have a really good field this week. We got Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns, Matt Fitzpatrick, Keegan Bradley, Tommy Fleetwood, and a few other big names. Our boy, Denny McCarthy in the top 10 in the odds. What are you guys looking forward to this week? And uh, you got any players you're looking out for? Uh, first of all, I don't really feel comfortable talking about this tournament considering Tully's implication that we don't know what Valspar is doing behind the scenes. <laughs> the world. They have been implicated on this pod. <laughs> There's oil in that tank. Let me tell you. Well, I'll go ahead and take it from there. In that case, I'm just going to assume Sam Burns is probably winning this for the you know the third straight year in a row, getting that turkey at the Valspar kind of situation. Have we heard his name much recently? I was just thinking that when Ben listed him off. like I feel like he was like that next up and coming. I feel like we haven't seen him much. Yeah, he's, it's been kind of underwhelming, but I think someone put some stats in like the doc here that like he's kind of been turning around oh, doing yeah. a little bit better uh, you know, recently. I don't know who, who may have put the stats. I, can I also just bring to everyone's attention that this was the pick I made last year and got the winner in Sam Burns. So uh, I'm a bit of a Sam Burns aficionado. Oh and then he's fallen off a bit since we saw him win here, right? This was his fourth win in something like 12 to 18 months. It seemed like, yeah, he was kind of going to be the next guy up. Did he beat Scotty in a playoff last year? Was it was that a different one? Davis, Davis, Davis Riley. Davis Riley. But it was, uh, you know, it was a moment where Sam Burns was driving the ball top five in the world, putting top five in the world, and we thought, okay, this kid's kind of got the game to take it to the next level. But I really think that I compare Sam Burns similar to what we saw from like Brooks Kepka when he made his major run is that we saw a guy with like a couple parts of his game that were extremely elite, but some major holes, right? Sam Burns' approach game with his irons, he, he's like 160th in the world right now. He wasn't that great back then, but he was making up for it with his driver and his putter. So I think it kind of brings to light why we've seen such success from Scotty is that he doesn't have those major holes in his game. Yeah, he might not drive the ball great from round to round, but he's got a short game to back it up and a putter that can get red hot. Unlike Brooks, Sam Burns is only really good at the Valspar versus good at majors, though. Is that kind of how that compares? Well, different different levels, right? Sam Burns is still young. Well, he, he did play. win the Charles Schwab last year as well after the Valspar, which, Ken, you're dead on there. He beat Scotty okay. in a playoff. Dang. So your memory is, it, it does it's check still out. It's a little fuzzy. <laughs> I wasn't looking at the show notes, all right? <laughs> but outside of Sam Burns, for me, you're all going to say it's a little homework pick here. I'm looking at Jordan. Uh, Spieth? Spieth. At him. Yeah. Not Michael. Uh. But it, it's just, for, for me, it feels like it's one of those tournaments. He always seems to get that win for the last couple of years after one of the big tournaments. Like, he, he plays okay, or maybe he even misses a cut of the big tournament, and then the next week or two, when it's uh, maybe not the strongest of fields kind of thing, not to knock my boy, he seems to get that win. So last year, it was after the, you know, uh, after the Masters, he wins the RBC Heritage, and then uh, two years ago, it was after the players, and he then they had the... 
match play, which again always has a good field, and then he won like the Valero or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he always seems to be kind of getting into shape and then manages to put it all together at you know one of his lesser tournaments, kind of like run away with it a little bit. So that's that's who my eyes on. You know, it's a homer pick a little bit, but you know, keep an eye out. You know, Telly and I were talking about it. So in preparation for this tournament, we did throw on PGA 2K23 and play the snake pit, play it in this brook. We both noted how we kept the course on like default settings and there's like a good 10 to 15 mile an hour wind out there pretty much all the time. All right, so you got to be able to flight your ball in this wind. Jordan's a, he's a Texas, Texas wind Texas kind of guy. Yeah. Research. Research. It's also like a course that's not super long, but the moves left to right a lot. We know Jordan likes to work his ball. Maybe not as much as JT, but Jordan can work the ball. So you have a lot of like mid irons into greens, uh, but this course is definitely predicated on like short game and putting, and that's, that's Jordan's specialty. See, I'm not crazy. Even the guy that knows golf says I'm not a bad guy. I mean, Jordan could miss the cut, but I like him this week. Hey! <laughs> I'm going to pull a Ben this week and give you two names to look out for. Um, <laughs> hey, just the more you name, you're the more right you get. You're throwing out shit I'm today to ten names. No one to remember. If Tom Hoagie missed the cut, no one would have said shit. Ben just roots for Higo and Hoagie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another H's. double Hoagie. The H's. Um, one, guy, one guy, young guy, has been playing well. So I, up until this point, I've kind of looked at past course performance and like, how guys like which courses guys have played well on when I'm making my picks, but uh, that hasn't served me well so far this year. So I'm just going to take the complete opposite approach. I'm taking Justin Suh this week. He's been playing really well uh, as of late. He was in contention at the Honda. I think he was T6 this past week, the players, which is really good for rookie. He was the P- uh, corn Ferry tour player of the year last year, I believe. So um, he's definitely got the talent. I think he can win on tour. Um, and this seems like a good week for him to go out there and just, Put, put really good scores on the board. Uh, the second one I'm going to give you is Victor Perez, French golfer. He's played his <laughs> last F. former walk to he, high school. He's student. played his last 13 <laughs> events on the uh, DP World Valid Tour. So PGA Tour hasn't really seen him yet, but he I think he's like 60th in the world. He's really good ball striker, and um, he already has a win under his belt this year on the I think the HSBC event in January. So um, he could definitely come come and take this event by storm no one really looking at him i gotta say when you said you were going away from the the past performance playing well that kind of thing i really thought you were going to take my approach of just taking complete long shots you know plus a hundred thousand dollar parlay kind of thing i'm a little disappointed that didn't work out well last last week for me with adam scott sounds like money Guy gave me a heart. Oh, how did we miss how much Colin was stressing over every shot? Got a lot of Adam Scott texts. We did miss that. He did make the cut. Adam Scott texts this week, which might have been worse for Colin. Because I need to watch him for two more rounds. Oh my god! (laughs) Adam Scott, fifteen footer for par, and never misses the cut. But if it's inside three feet, it doesn't touch the cup. Yep. He had two of like the first his first twenty fairways, and still like was even par. I couldn't believe it. The Victor Perez pick I like. I saw him play. Ryan Fox in a playoff a couple years ago on the European tour, and I loved his game. He's aggressive. He doesn't wear a glove. I think I think if I remember that, so you have to look out for that. It's, it's just a funny quirk. But he's a good driver of the golf ball, and he has a great short game. Like, the European tour Instagram page has so many highlights of Victor Perez, like, jarring bunker shots and chipping in, even though he doesn't maybe do it as theatrically as, as Jordan Spieth. He's a, he's a really solid golfer, and we're coming up on a Ryder Cup, so I expect him to see him on the European Wait, he doesn't Ryder wear a team. glove? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't wear gloves. What percentage of players don't wear oh, gloves? It's low. Well, Aaron Rye wears two, like so it kind of balances it out a little bit. It's Jeez. very low. That's wild. Yeah, maybe not a guy I'm picking this week, but I'm definitely interested to see how Matt Fitzpatrick does. You know, uh, he's a fan favorite after full swing, won the U.S. Open last year. We really thought he was going to kind of push himself into that upper echelon, and he's struggled this year. 
I don't know if he's got an injury or what, but he comes in. I think he's like the fourth favorite to win this thing. He just missed the cut at the players. I, I, I mean, he did get a top five here last year, so hoping this is kind of a get-right tournament for him, but hoping he can kind of turn it around and, and get back on track where he was midsummer last year. I saw that he had gotten his braces tightened, so I think he was just yeah. a little, like, sore. That's why he missed the cut at the players. He's still getting used to that Grayson-Skechers combo out there, <laughs> so it's it's going to take a while. It's called he's, swaggy comfort. He's <laughs> too comfortable. He's missed a couple cuts, too, right? Yeah. Recently, yeah. He's a good example of, like, I don't know, everyone's making a big deal about the elevated events next year. Like, if it... If it ended today and like they had to make the cut for an elevated event, he wouldn't even be close to being in it. I think the same thing with Jordan. Like Jordan's technically not in JT it right now. as well. Yeah, so it's on the outside. I don't know. There's there's guys that are playing well this year, and there's a bunch of big names that haven't really like performed up to their standards so far. That shit is kind of ridiculous when you think about it, right? You want the top seventy players, but there's big caveats there. You don't want to leave your stars out, and if they're just maybe having a bad three to six months at the end of the PGA Tour season, they're just not going to get in. I think that's going to be a big problem. Well, they just get exemptions to play. Well, I think it's mostly there's not really fully room based for on points. But yeah. the, the weird thing that's going to come with that, though, is like, for example, we know all of these golfers that are on these fringes, JTs, these Jordans, that they're also going to be playing in all the other elevated events. So they're all going to have those top, you know, fields kind of thing. So they're going to be getting more points towards world rankings, all that kind of stuff. So the theory over the course of the tournament, they haven't played. Most of these guys haven't played a lot of those tournaments. Rory's only played in like four tournaments on the PGA Tour this year. So like it's it's still too early to I think look at that. Then I think they're all going to have the chance to very easily catch up. And then I think that's actually the big complaint is that these guys are all always going to be in the elevated events. How are they ever really going to get out of them if they're not playing well? Because it's not going to be a cut. They're still going to be getting points and rankings and all that kind of stuff. Right, top 40s in those events are going to get you as many points as a top five in a non-elevated. Yeah. You got to look out for the mules, man. All these mules are not getting enough coverage. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that term, armor. like calling the guys on PGA Tour that are the consistent 50 to 150, the mules. Who said it's that? Like, Ryan Armour? I think yeah. so. It's oh. an unbelievable did name. Did you read him. the rest of the things he was saying? He said, like, why he was calling them mules because, like, he used, like, he was saying players like him are the ones that they send out there to, like, do like the charity events at hospitals and things and not like the big name guys, even though like they're not going to be in elevated events. Like, like you don't just do that out of like, like, like being a good person. Like you are, you're doing that. Part of the job. DJ sending you there. He's forced I mean, to do that. When we saw him like live, like five years ago, he was kind of, he's a dick. kind of a dick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so. Mules, not nice. You know, we're in this Florida swing. Our boy from Maryland displaced now lives in Florida. Denny McCarthy. The reason I like him this week I think his game is relatively solid, but like we know, he, he puts the lights off the ball. And when Sam Burns won this event in back-to-back years, he like led the field in putting. When he beat Davis Riley in that playoff, I don't know if it was, was it an aggregate playoff or it was just hole by hole, but I remember Sam Burns. Oh, that's what they did. They played 18, then they went to 17. And Sam Burns made like, I think a 35-foot birdie putt to clinch the thing. And he beat Jordan Spieth in a playoff that same year, making another like off the fringe 30, 40-footer. Like putting, I think, is really important at this tournament. That's why I like Denny. And then I also wanted to bring back up Sam Burns. So we talked about him kind of falling off, but I think he's kind of kidding his things back in groove. So we have him T11 at the Amex, T6 in Phoenix, and then T35 last week at the Players. So fell off a little bit toward the end of the season, but it seems like we probably have Sam back playing good golf. All right, let's start talking about non-tour stuff. Let's talk about our round at Glade Valley this past week. Thirty-eight dollars, right? Thirty-eight degrees. 38 Ten a.m. tea time. We, we almost backed up before dollar we started. Dollar day. Dollar <laughs> day. You know, I'm really happy we played because it wasn't nearly as cold as I thought yeah, it was. It was, it was you, fine. You guys are soft. It was. It was fine. I woke up that morning, slept in because it was a Saturday. I just heard the wind whipping outside. I was like, <laughs> I can't believe these guys are about to tee off. 
<laughs> it was coldest. Like it was fine. I think like 11, 12, 13. Like thirteen. Yeah. It was like that was we cold. Got back in the wooded area. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad though. We saw some friends out there. Saw Chaz out there. Saw Chaz. It was a good time. Chaz lost his wedge. Chaz texts and calls me. I didn't. Did see you it. leave Chaz in the bathroom while he was there? No, no. Chaz left okay. before us. So we but saw Chaz leave. We, so we that's like we had we to check that box. But Chaz left his wedge on a par three and texts me, hey, did you see my wedge on that par three? I said, oh, shit, man, I didn't see this text. Did you get your wedge? He goes, oh, no, it was only like a $3 wedge. <laughs> well, Ch- Chaz was talking up Ben to his friends like the whole round. He didn't really get to see that many shots. He saw like two of his shots. And then the, on the 18th, Ben just chipped in from off the off the fairway and walked off like it was like a normal occurrence. Like, oh, Chaz was like, oh, man, did you see that? Ben's like, yeah, 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 it's normal. For me. Oh, Chaz, I'm sure Chaz will talk about that. That was funny. From yeah. what I hear, the bigger story is Ken's got a driver now. Well, Ken's had a driver, had right? Oh. Just, just to clarify he, for he our listeners. He found it in his bag. Yeah, he found guy, it. Sorry. The guy drives me to the course every day. Ken's, Ken's had a driver in his bag for his whole life, but he's, he probably only used it like less than 100 times, and he used it most yeah. of the day, and he hit the crap out of the ball. And you didn't really hit three wood well off the tee. So it's not like, you know, yeah. you're hitting both well. He's a man I, I of many trades. A, a wide array. Well, I haven't swung a club in probably six months, so. <laughs> Some know. would call Ken crafty. I think he's very crafty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, he's the course like no one else. He yeah, can shape dude. it. Yeah, he does shape it. He's a wizard well. out there. You had a nice birdie on nine. <laughs> birdie on nine. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the best hole of my life. Not I meaning like. No, I mean like nine <laughs> ever that ever. hole. No, like nine and Glade at Glade is like my favorite hole ever. The only hole I've ever got an eagle on in my life. I played that one pretty well. Only hole he's ever birdied in his life. No, I got some birdies. <laughs> I got two birdies at uh, at um, uh, the country club we played at North Carolina. Oh, Rain tree, Rain nice. tree on the front. I just saw right. my scorecard today. Yeah, I got to work on my uh, 70, 80 yards and in. It was pretty trash. So Ken also mentioned getting a hybrid. I like that idea. Ken, yeah. he has the three wood. He has the five wood, but he seems to more exclusively use the three wood. I might get a seven wood, like you said. Ooh, I think like you said. That. Yeah. Yeah. A little something like he can use from maybe yeah. like 170 to 200 because he can. He has a little trouble dialing that three wood down. That's like the 200 <laughs> to 230. Club. Just make sure you buy something like somewhat uh, on sale and then just have it casually drop behind someone's vehicle so they can run it <laughs> over. Brand for new wood. Called being resourceful. I, I have to say, I can hit my five wood like two fifteen though. I hit wow. it. It was one eighty five to the I hole. Three wood and five wood go like the same. I hit. It was, it was windy. Yeah, <laughs> downwind. He said one eighty five <laughs> on this on the second. He said one eighty five the hole. I just launched it way over into the pine tree. Yeah, you did. And it was bad. My whole my whole strategy this year is not to go over holes. In the first four holes, I was like on the back <laughs> of the hole, and I just say inch it up. Inch it up. I do think on like a classic par four when Ken's hitting three wood. Now he's hitting driver. His game, he's got to evolve his game a bit here. But he's usually in that 150 to 180 range. And I think he doesn't quite have the right club for that. So I like the hybrid. I like the hybrid for you. Anyway, I'm I'm going, I'm joining the golf league this year. Yeah. Not that anyone cares or is even. That's big news. But uh, we're trying to figure out my handicap right now. We're slowly taking over this golf league. We'll figure it out. So what do you, what your, what is your handicap going to be playing at this year? Well, I don't know how the math works. I know he literally did yeah, the math okay. today. In an <laughs> ideal situation, just where we you know what you're doing here. Sandbag it a little I bit. Think I'm what do you at least, play? I think I'm getting at least one shot per hole. So at least nine, probably a little higher. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. How, I mean, you guys tell me. I literally don't know. You literally did the math, yeah, so you, you tell you, us. You literally, yeah. you literally put it into a calculator yeah, online all, all and spit out a number. All we do is hand our scorecard in at the <laughs> end of the day. The math we did. Colin Cash's check. The math we did at Glade, we're like, they're like, uh, Ben, Dub, and Ty, like, we'll just play ourselves, but you get nine strokes. <laughs> I was like, how's the math work there? I don't know how that worked for me. I definitely got screwed out of that one. Well, yeah, we won. I don't know. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, um, I don't know, I'll probably play it like 10 per nine. We'll right. see. So, so Ken's handicap calculated for what he... That's from the tips, though. What From the tips, I don't know what courses you were playing, what, what we were doing there, but 
He got calculated at a sixteen point two. Probably we're drunk, so you can probably bring this down. Really, we're probably giving you less strokes. But he got a sixteen point two unadjusted. So at, at musket, you're probably getting, like you said, eighteen to twenty shots a hole. Yeah, not a shot a hole. Not a shot a hole. Whoops! You, you might be throwing suck. up some good scores. <laughs> Although I saw, definitely you might win. shoot that nine under that Tippy's been looking for. Did you see the guy? The, the ever elusive nine under. <laughs> that guy, the players, that got had a sixty two on seventeen. Did you see that? Like no, like like a like an amateur guy. He hit it in the water twenty seven straight times. <laughs> oh, they had these have an event That's where it was like, right like there. The, it was like the worst avid golfer on earth. And yeah. they used to play yeah. it at TBC. Sawgrass. It was so serious though. The guy literally lost like a hundred balls in the round. <laughs> yeah. He shot two something. Someone someone shot an eighty nine in the players. Like the second round this, um, this year. McGreevy. Yeah. Was it Rory? I, I mean, he played it was pretty, pretty bad. Well known guy. Rory with a mustache on out there. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say something about Rory? We forgot to cover it in the players segment, but I need no, to clear we, the we air. We didn't forget. I need to yeah. clear the cover air. Cover Rory in my handicap. So there's segment. been a lot of false news going around uh, about Did Rory. Did he make cuts? Rory making comments about his driver. So the way the media spun it was that Rory was saying that he wishes he could use his old driver, but that TaylorMade wasn't letting him use it because he's like, you know, he's their main guy and he needs to use the newest driver. Well, he's not their main guy. Scotty is. Well, okay. He's top three (laughs) with with TaylorMade. But the comment that Rory was making is not that he wanted to use his old driver because he doesn't like this new driver as much, that he doesn't like the new technology. It's that he doesn't doesn't think he can use his old driver because it won't pass like PGA Tour tests, that the face is actually too thin. So just wanted to clear the air there. Rory wasn't making comments about the new driver being bad he was just saying his old driver was his baby glad you cleared that he up. was just saying he's bad no he's let me, saying, let me he's ask you a serious question about your boy there in, in his now role as the de facto pga tour commissioner how much is that impacting his game i think it's very negative on his game absolutely and i think he's going to start to take a step back i think we were in a really a pivotal stage for the pga tour and i think that rory had to step up but i think that things are going to dial back here Hopefully we see the old Rory. I don't know. It seemed to really help his game last year. He rattled off, finished real strong last year as like a yay PGA Tour kind of thing. And then this year it's been the opposite. Well, he was very yay PGA Tour last year, but now they literally have him running every meeting for the PGA Tour as like essentially the chairman. So Especially because Tiger might not be there a little bit. You know, he's got problems. Rory's at probably got. <laughs> Rory's probably got to be the main guy right now. So, Ken, what's your handicap going to be? <laughs> coming in, I'll probably come in at 10. We'll see. I mean, I mean, what, what is your goal to shoot when you're out there playing? Like, what's my a good to get under? My goal is to get when I'm 18 on a normal round. Yeah, my goal is to get to 90. I, I like I then you just stop. I barely ever get there. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, I mean, it'll be fun to play the back nine one <laughs> Yeah, my goal is my goal. My goal is to have a, is to play bogey golf. That's my goal. Okay, so, so 45. 45. Yeah, so that's that's Colin and I's 18, average in the 18 golf. bogeys. <laughs> that's my. my that's new app, new app. That's my if goal. you think you're going to shoot 45 out there, you got something else coming for you. <laughs> I'm not. That's okay. But what if I play the same? I've never played the same course like 25 times. Yeah, in that a row. is. You've literally played Glade 25 times in a row. Not, what if not I get back better? To back what if I get better at when I know the course? Well, we've talked you about will. that. And right. what if I take it seriously? Well, that, I think now, that, that oh, oh, okay. I think that kind of all came to fruition for yeah. Colin toward the end of the season is that he played his average golf throughout the season, but as he played that course for his 20, 30th time, he started to get a little more comfortable with it, and the match play, he just cleaned up. I just want to say, when we did the reel at Musket, I got a par because I knew there was stakes. You did. 
So, you, you play well under pressure. You know, I'm, I've never really tried Who did have golf to pay for before. Stakes I've never day. actually tried to play golf before. So this will be your first competitive. My first time trying. Yeah. First time <laughs> trying. <laughs> As the de facto 1-8, that, that breaks my heart. I've yeah. never tried before in our matches. <laughs> Probably played 100 rounds at least. <laughs> all those pep talks Ben gives you. All the fighting I've been doing. 90%. Just 90%. All the lobbying I've been doing for you. All the times Ben standing behind you going, swing easy. Swing easy. Swing easy. Ball back. Yep. I'm just there to clear Ken's mind. Ken's thinking, I'm not giving a fuck about this shot. <laughs> Where is the cart, girl? I could use a transfusion. 75% of those shots, Ken goes, oh, I did 110, not 90, Ben. No. <laughs> you said that in confidence. I, I do say that out loud. <laughs> that was 120%. Wait, but like, okay, last thing here. Like, what is the, what's the league, like, what's the vibe? Like, what do I do? I walk up. Is it just kind of like you get right out of your car from work or you just go right away or you get drinks? What's the vibe? I don't really don't know the vibe. Depends on if you get there a little bit earlier or early. Not. Usually, eating, whoever gets there food? first... Ideally, it's you because you're off on Thursdays. You get yeah, two true. rounds of transfusions for the boys so that it's ready for us when we get there. Last year, I found that a cocktail before teeing off is necessary. And But you eating there? You eating, on the, you eating after? You eating on, you know, Depends on the day. I, I got some say, fish tacos. You know, they're banging. 25% yeah. of the time, we grab a bite. Yeah. But, you know, we could make that more of a normal thing. I mean, I'm down. Sometimes we go right to a live at five. Or if you're, come, if you're, come hang out with Tyler and friends at Trivia. What, yeah. t- what the time, options are unlimited? What time frame are we talking here? Three thirty to four is usually the tee off. You play in nine or eighteen. I mean, I, most, I know it's mostly nine, but in the summer, can you get eighteen in sometimes? Yeah, so yeah. there's you could three different times. We'll nine. play or an alternate course, and we'll play eighteen holes. Yeah, so true. you'll have to drive somewhere other than Musket. It's a real inconvenience for me. I hate it. Make sure you charge your car. <laughs> I'll plug it in. I actually take my car on the course. They allow EVs out there. I'll just drive right up. Yeah, new carts at Musket. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, the electric so you can charge the car. Ken just pulls his fucking EV into the cart barn. Hop on in, boys. <laughs> I might actually. That actually might be a necessary. But the, but the big role with the league, there's no give me's out there. Yeah, no give me's. Put it all out. Yeah, yeah. There's this guy in the league, right? This rule came about because of this no guy. mulligans. No Not going to name him. No mulligans. But he literally, like, if the putt's inside of five feet, he goes, "Oh, that's good." He just picks it up, and like as the round goes oh, on, if he's playing, me. if he's playing more and more shitty, that range gets to like outside of ten feet, and he goes, "Oh, that's good." He just starts picking them up. So long putter. We do put everything out. You know, it's just it, it's a good habit to have. Like you know, in the two to three footers, especially when you get to the match play segment like knowing that you've putted those two and three footers throughout the season it makes you a little more comfortable and no fluffing yeah, yeah. no fluffing we no, do play clean in place in the you guys fair. are saying the he's like you're like you're gonna be doing this don't do it you're basically <laughs> all this tone is like don't do this shit can you're a piece of shit i mean you probably you guys have all probably fluffed one or two out there right don't 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 lie. You don't have to say it. You don't have to say it here, but I it's bet you always winter rules. I bet you right? have. You're yeah, around. I mean, muskets usually in great shape, so you don't tech, you don't tend to get too many bad lives. The only time is like if you hit, hit a divot in the fairway, you get to like, preferred lives in the fairway, which is nice. Who do you play with? You just play Each with us. Other. Yeah. Oh, but what, there's more than five, four of us now. That yeah, there's fine. 20, 25 guys at tee off, no, but we I just know, do random but, tee times. Well, but like you, Dub's you dad's joining, together, right? Ben's dad's joining, uh, Colin's dad's joining. My Maybe. dad's not joining. Col- Colin's dad back out. So, so we, we got oh, some, okay. so we got some like variety. You guys, four. you four are going to play. I'm going to be playing with like some random Yeah, well, you play with yeah, Larry. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what we're gonna do. Oh, I play with Larry. I'll just lose $35 in skins games on the side. <laughs> All right, we're running long here. I'm just curious. I am curious. Yeah, know, let's move into some other stuff. Uh, <laughs> Colin and Tully, we want to hear about your new golf shoes. We got some new kicks for the golf season coming up, don't we? Yeah, I made a spontaneous purchase last week. Um, I think I was watching our boy Fab Perez play in the uh, Jordan 1 lows on YouTube, and I thought, man, those look pretty good. I think I want a pair, but I couldn't just get the pair that they have on the Nike website. I had to get the uh, original red and black Jordan Chicago color scheme. So I found a pair on eBay. My size seemed like a decent price, so I pulled the trigger. 
Nice. Now, are you worried about the traction of those shoes? No, because I've had, I used to have the Air Maxes that I wore all the time. I have the, uh, the gray, the, what are those gray Jordans I have? The oh, the ADG threes. Yeah. yeah. They don't have like the pure spikes on the bottom. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. It's not like I'm getting a bunch of momentum on my golf swing anyway. <laughs> nice. And then Tully, what'd you purchase? I, I couldn't resist the, uh, the player's edition Air Maxes. I, mm. I had to pull the trigger. Unlike Colin, I didn't go away from the color palette of all of my clothing. I, I stuck with the blues and the gold, you know, that kind of thing that works for me. Uh, so I, I couldn't, couldn't say no. Again, one of those spikeless shoes. Unlike Colin, I've got enough girth that kind of keeps me grounded. Yeah, it keeps so, you weighted. So I don't really need to worry about top slipping heavy, too much. You are top heavy. Yeah, but that that, that top, that gravity God. still pushes down. What Skinny a legs. Great legs. Great legs. I'll still be best, wearing shorts. Best out calves there. on the pod. Yeah, so but definitely top heavy. Yeah, I haven't quite haven't haven't, <laughs> haven't quite brushed off the title uh, of the episodes. Top heavy. <laughs> Haven't brushed off the uh, secret, you know, fun logo underneath yet because I'm just not really sure what I actually go about doing that. But is it like, like a sticker? No, it's it's like a light layer of like Scratch, white layers. Scratch and not, yeah, I don't know if it's you know, do I take a coin like I'm doing a scratcher? I'm not really sure how it works. Oh, like to make them fresh? No, it's like it's that like <laughs> ben, uh, ben does not understand what you're saying. Right? <laughs> is it like have, those sticky mats that are on the side of the basketball court? Fresh. Yes, exactly. That's exactly Ooh. what it is, Ben. Well, has, so you tried the shoes on. Are they comfortable? Oh, they're very comfortable. Nice. I feel like I'm walking on air. I'm also top heavy. I might have to try these out. <laughs> ben, aren't you also getting new shoes? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't have them in hand yet, but they are cool ones. Uh, the old Nike Tour Premier shoes. I found the style that was made for Rory at the 2019 Port Rush. Open. Oh, my God, Rory. Yeah, yeah. And they say Roars on the bottom, which is actually interesting. <laughs> no, that was actually McCreevy. Yeah, this is actually interesting because I, when I found these shoes everywhere, they said Royal on the bottom for Royal Port Rush. And then I found my size on eBay and they said Roars on the bottom. I'm like, these are probably knockoffs, right? So I do some research and find the pictures of Rory at Port Rush and his say Roars. So I think these are actually slightly more. So they were Rory shoes. They probably were Rory shoes. They literally haven't been worn, but Rory probably wore them. But he didn't make the cut then, though. So. No, he didn't. Yeah. But he missed by one. Yeah, so those were like, his Saturday, Sunday shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had them planned for the weekend. But yeah, really excited about those. Did you get a new pair of Vapcos? No, we're working on that. I think they still got to work through the wall of DNAs that they still got up there. So we'll, we'll try to get some roars. They're in storing the, DNA in, the in a Vapco? <laughs> got it. World of cool itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's how they do testing product testing we'll have to ask Eliza about it <laughs> man I gotta get some shoes yeah yeah you could you know you New have golf shoes New yeah. pair of I did make the announcement the other day that I was actually gonna get uh, spikes like, I never had them what before. did you wear at our glade round Merrill's yeah the Nikes the Nike spikes. classic list. little Nikes I, I haven't worn spiked shoes for probably five years and I think I might get a pair again he's top heavy so it's usually alright the year of spikes I would say I like spikes but they wear out quickly nowadays, and they're a nightmare to change. They just are. Like, I mean, oh, it's not easy. And you got to do it. You pretty much got to do it again, once a top year. Heavy, it's, it's a pain in the ass. It's 20, 25 bucks every time you do it because you can't find your damn tool. So you got to go buy a new tool. So I like the spikeless trend. I really do. Yeah, they wear out, but they last, you know, two to three years probably. And then you just get a new pair. I think it's just nice to have the spikeless and have a pair of spike depending on like what the weather is. When it's baked out in the summer, you don't need the freaking, yeah. you know, spikes yeah, that are digging into baked. the ground. It's fine. But like when it's a little wet out, yeah, you're gonna want some, you know, dig in a little more. Might I'm need to get some metal cleats out there. Yeah, the sometimes I just wear my old football. Oh, just wear metal spikes. That'd I'm probably gonna get spikes injury. and just be too stuck to the ground, and just twist the hell out of my ankle and just fall over. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> ankle injury. Wow, too much traction. It's getting better. Mickey dropped me off some bands, and my so I'm I'm doing band work now. Did it through the night. 
All right, we are watching a play-in game right now, but let's talk a little bit about March Madness. Everyone, I'm assuming everyone's given a little bit of thought into their bracket. Some are probably done. Jump in here. Give me some long shots. Give me some teams you're looking out for, and uh, I don't know if you got your Final Four, give it to us. Well, we still got a. I mean, it's still got to keep a little secret. You, you we, can you we, know, we have give as much as you're willing thing. to Gosh, share. Yeah, I don't need anyone spoiling shit. I mean, I can look online at much better opinions than your guys's, but I'm willing to give you a chance to give your <laughs> opinions here. Hey, I'm I'm looking forward to Charleston. I think they're going to go on a little run. I've got them winning two. No, games. that's Charlestown. Two? It's different. It's Charlestown. <laughs> I, mean, I got them going two games. Yeah, I got a good, great, great offense this year. They've got. I, I like if they can squeak out that. First round matchup, then they could most likely run into Virginia, and Virginia cannot score. So I think Charleston will just outrun them, and then I think I can't remember who they run into after that. It'll be a one seed, but I can't see them going more than two. But I think they could make a little bit of a run. They'd be running into Bama, or or Maryland. the Terps, or the Terps, <laughs> or most likely W. I had <laughs> I have Maryland beaten Bama in my bracket. I don't oh, care. Anyway. Does anyone else it. have that? Does anyone else have that? No, no, no. one else has that. What? I'm going to put a lot of money on WVU to beat Let's Maryland. Let's go. I'm no. surprised no one else has Maryland beaten Bama. Come on. I have Maryland beaten WVU because like I just couldn't do that with my heart, which probably means that WVU is going to win because my heart always lies to me when it comes to these kind of things. Your no. Hips don't though. Hips don't lie. Hips don't lie. No, but you know it's I, I, I'll, no, I'll, I'll spoil it. I, I've got a four and a five seed in my final four. Wow, Duke. Yeah, Duke is one of those. <laughs> uh, UConn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not a bad pick. They're they're very solid picks. Ken Palm likes them. That's all I'm saying. Does anyone have a favorite for the NIT? Michigan, maybe? Uh, I was going <laughs> to sure. say North Carolina, <laughs> but <laughs> they didn't want to play. I got UCLA winning the whole thing just because, Fuck! just because I saw them in person this year in College Park, and they beat Maryland by, like, 50. I yeah, mean, at home, really when they are was, good home team. It was really just a terrible experience. I think that's, like, a sign that they're going to win. Are you worried that one of their studs is out with injury, though? You know, did I know that? Who knows? <laughs> Irrelevant. Uh, you know, they talked to one of the guys that's on the panel for setting up March Madness, and they asked him about injuries, and they said that that actually plays a little bit of a role in how they rank the teams going forward. I thought that was pretty interesting because I thought it was more of a resume thing, and I'm surprised that they're maybe putting a rating on something that seems a little more intangible. UCLA's got a great defense, though. That's like, and, and they'll be, assumingly, hopefully, maybe that guy's going to be able to get back for like the harder games so you know deeper in the tournament I, I also have ucla win it all now we're just spoiling everything about my bracket change the bracket change the bracket I, mine's weird i think i get caught up in always wanting to have upsets in there but i don't have a single one seed in my final four i just looked i had three twos and a three but i i'm sure that's not going to work well I, when's the last time a one hasn't made it i'm sure there's at least, I think two been at least year. a one yeah. in like for the last like 14 yeah, so years this will be the change I feel like, speaking of ones, I feel like there's been someone from that 8-9 game has beat a one seed. Like, it seems to happen yeah, more and more recently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I, I have Memphis WB's making a little bit of run. I yeah. think they're, like, one of the hottest teams coming in here. They just like crushed that. Houston, I think, in, Memo. The, yeah, in, the, in their, Without their conference player, championship game. So uh, I also don't think Purdue is a strong one seed at all. They just have that really tall guy who gets all the calls. So E-D-D, yeah. I hear I hear Jaws uh, suiting up from Memphis College. He's off. <laughs> he's out from the NBA. Hey, don't don't uh, don't doubt Penny Hardaway, dude. He's got a good program going. I on think there. he was suiting up for probably Bama, based off of everything I know about that team. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Sh- suiting up or shooting up? Yeah, uh, <laughs> and another cut. <laughs> that was, that was good. Jaws got college eligibility still, probably. No, he's a professional athlete. <laughs> it's gonna sit out a year. 
Not playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually in Florida for the. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> All right, that does it for us tonight. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to head over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod and check out our Facebook, the Big Players Only Podcast Facebook page. We'll see you guys next week.